Have you seen the 2021 My OT Journey Planner? This is Dr. Robin Axelrod. This planner is a must for OT students and practitioners. Check it out at myotjourney.com. Welcome to Students in Charge. The students of Corbin Health and Rehab Group, or Charge Therapy, are here to bring you the latest research in the field of occupational therapy. Combining evidence-based practice with a fresh student perspective, they aim to promote best practice and competency within the field. Hope you're fully charged because it's time for the students in charge. Hello and welcome to Students in Charge. My name is Katie and today I'm here with my colleagues, Alex, Sarah, Carrie, and Rachel. We are all OT students and we're here today starting our first episode of our new podcast. So how is everybody? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm really excited to do this episode on telehealth. It's so relevant right now. And obviously it's also really relevant to charge therapy because we are a telehealth um, company. What about you guys? Katie, thank you for that introduction. I'm going to explain why we chose telehealth as our first segment. So currently, we are experiencing a global pandemic that has shifted the perspective of how healthcare workers administer their services. Telehealth bridges technology with healthcare services to provide the general public with access to healthcare through video calling, telephone calls, texting, emails, and much more. With the fear and hesitation to come into contact with someone with COVID-19, um, telehealth has been expanding and transforming in popularity, insurance coverage, and overall. So healthcare businesses um, have been developed through this pandemic, and one in specific is the one that we are currently um, working for, which is Corbin Health and Rehab Group, which was founded by the licensed um, occupational therapist and certified hand therapist, Shanna Corbin, in response to the global pandemic. So for the first segment of Students in Charge, um, we chose telehealth not only to honor charge therapy, but due to its growing popularity with healthcare and how it provides access to everyone throughout the lifespan. Yeah, uh, telehealth is really interesting, especially right now because of COVID. Obviously, it's it's hugely important. People, you know, can't get to their doctors because of the pandemic. So people are kind of turning towards telehealth. But I actually found an article recently that was really cool. It talked about how, yes, telehealth is super important for COVID, but that it's not just for COVID and that it's like really here to stay. Um, so they talked about, first they talked about like the pandemic in general, and they said how at the very beginning of the pandemic, they, you know, took a survey of people and 71% of people said that they would consider trying out telehealth, um, which obviously is really, really cool. But they also talked about how even before COVID had started, that the rates of people that wanted to try telehealth had been up. So from the year prior to this year, the amount of people who said that they would try telehealth was up 33%, which is a really big number. And they um, were talking about how funding for telehealth had also drastically increased. Um, and then the article went on to talk about how even after COVID, that they think that telehealth is not just going to die out, that it's really here to stay. So one cool statistic that they had in the article was that 83% of the people that they surveyed had um, expected to use telehealth after the pandemic is over. And then they gave like a bunch of different reasons why people thought that. So some of the reasons were that um, 
technology is easier to use. So like, you know, younger people are like into technology and they understand it. So they find it easier to use. Um, it's easier to schedule appointments via telehealth. And then the immediate appointment availability is really intriguing to people. So, you know, the whole article just kind of summed up was really cool, talked about how telehealth, even though obviously it's booming because of COVID, it's definitely here to stay. And I think another, you know, tribute to that is the fact that there's been a lot of research done on telehealth that started way before COVID even began. Like I know we were talking earlier about some research articles that you guys found that um, were before COVID, right? Yeah, so I actually found an article that conducted a systematic review, a level one systematic review on patient satisfaction and telehealth. So um, researchers went into this um, with two research questions. One of their research questions was, is there an association between telehealth and patient satisfaction? And another question was, are there common um, facilitators of either efficiency or effectiveness mentioned in the literature that would provide a positive or negative association between telehealth and patient satisfaction. So they used two different databases to collect research and they put in different key terms to get the information that they wanted. So some in exclusion and um, inclusion criteria that they had for their um, research was that the articles had to be published between 2010 to 2017. There had to have been human subjects. It had to be in the English language. They had to be scholarly articles, and the articles must include telehealth and patient satisfaction. So after filtering through 2,000 plus articles, 44 um, were, were matched for what the researchers were looking for. And it was found that patient satisfaction um, was associated with telehealth, but there was mixed reviews in terms of efficiency and effectiveness of telehealth. And I believe um, that that kind of stems from the fact that there is a lack of technology in regards to telehealth. I know with Corbin Health and Rehab Group, um, our founder, Shanna, she speaks about how it would be great to collaborate with an engineer to come up with some software, some software programming that would assist in advancing telehealth for occupational therapy and ergonomic assessments. So there's definitely a need for um, technology within telehealth and possibly more assessments as well, which would probably help with this mixed review and it, it would have individuals become more trusting of telehealth and its effectiveness and efficiency. Yeah, that actually reminds me of the article that Carrie was telling us about earlier because of the technology aspect. I know yours was a little bit about um, home modifications, right, Carrie? Yeah, so I definitely agree with Alex in the fact that there needs to be a lot more research done in terms of conducting assessments via telehealth. So I actually found an article focused on how feasible and how effective telehealth can be to assess for specifically home modifications for safety um, in the home. So in my article, the OT conducted an evaluation and intervention over an eight week span. And how she did this was she used a pre and post test for both the COPUM to evaluate patient perception of how they can independently complete their ADLs. And then she also did a pre and post test of the safer home assessment. And she did this just to evaluate the home safety of the patients. Um, so in this article, there was only four uh, patients that she conducted this research with. But overall, there was a really positive change in both the self-perception and satisfaction of all of these problem areas. So whether it be how well they can, uh, you know, 
make dinner for themselves or how well they can do their bathroom ADLs. So there was a positive change um, in all of these patients' satisfactions. And then there also was a positive change from the safe for home assessment. So all of these patients said that they could now uh, safely conduct all of these ADLs within their home after this telehealth um, evaluation. So the study did, did demonstrate that it is feasible to provide telehealth and occupational therapy home modification interventions to you know, improve home safety and improve perception of performance. Um, the participants said that they were satisfied with the telehealth service delivery. They said that they would recommend it to others. Um, and they said that they would use it again in the future. Um, I have a couple quotes from some of the patients that really stuck out to me that I think are really relevant. So one person said that we go to a lot of appointments, lots of people come to the house, and you have dealt with the more practical issues. So saying that the OT has dealt with the more practical issues. And I think this is really true because it can be really overwhelming with how many healthcare providers that they may have coming into their home, especially if they're elderly and that's really all they can do is have these providers come to their home. So it's really nice to see that the OT is dealing with the practical issues of home safety and the things that really matter to them and that this can be done from the comfort of their own home. And another person said, I liked that I didn't have to get dressed or clean my house, which I think everyone can relate to. But also the fact that going into you know, offices or rehab centers, that can be really intimidating to some people. If you've never been there before, um, you know, all these healthcare providers talking in terms that you might not understand. So it's really nice just to be in the comfort of your own home where it's less intimidating. You know, you don't have to get dressed. You don't have to worry about cleaning your house or anything. So I think that overall, this study definitely did show that telehealth could be used specifically for, for things like home modifications, especially now during COVID times when, you know, at risk, the at risk population might not want to go out to, or might not want people coming into their home to do these home evaluations. That's awesome. I love hearing about how like OT can make such a difference in people's lives. Carrie, how do you think that this can be applied to OT just like in general? So I think there definitely is a growing need and demand for OT, especially now for, you know, home modifications, especially since the older population is getting older and it's, it's just growing. And there is not a lot of um, OTs that are going into people's homes be just because there can be a lot of barriers for it. Um, specifically now, not a lot of people want people coming into their home because of COVID. But also pre-COVID, um, you know, I found that their OTs weren't really getting immersed for all of their travel time to go to house to house, which is a huge thing that I didn't even really think about. But if the OTs aren't getting reimbursed for traveling all these different places. Is it really is it really even worth it um, going and going to all these places? Um, so I think that telehealth provides this, this way of providing a service for a lower cost. There's you know, no wait times um, for patients to be seen this way. And then it also shows that uh, patient satisfaction 
with this, we are able to actually look in their home and see what needs to be done and give the recommendations and modifications that we think are necessary. And I think specifically this is relevant to charge because you know, we can recommend affordable adaptive equipment. So one, one patient that stuck out to me was that um, she was recommended an adaptive knife for under $10 that nobody had ever recommended her before. And this OT, you know, via telehealth recommended it to her and that like improved her patient satisfaction of the telehealth session greatly. And, you know, at specifically at Charge and at other telehealth companies, we are uh, trained in recommending these adaptive equipment and they don't have to be something that's super expensive. A lot of times, you know, like things like grab bars and wheelchairs, that can be really expensive, but something as simple as like a rocker knife or an ergonomic knife can be recommended that can greatly improve the ADLs and it's cheaper. So that was something that really improved her satisfaction. So I think, you know, this article was, was written pre-COVID, but I think now that we are realizing that, you know, we're unsure of, of the future, I think telehealth is here to stay. Um, and I think that patients will greatly benefit from this. Yeah, I think that's a great article, um, especially because with home modifications, you know, there's not a lot of research with that. Um, and home modifications, you know, obviously is typically like completed in person. So how did that, you know, go online, like assessing someone's home, like through telehealth? So, yeah, so they use a combination of what they call synchronous and asynchronous video. Synchronous would be the OT and the patient via telehealth in real time, directly assessing the home. However, they found that sometimes the uh, visual and audio quality of the telehealth session would, would be poor and the OT really couldn't get a good reading or a good assessment of what needed to, uh, what needed to change. So then the OT started to do asynchronous videos, which would be the patient and a lot of the times the patient had like, you know, the patient's wife or son or husband um, help take videos on their phone of the area, like of the kitchen, of the bathroom, of the, all the places in the house that needed to be assessed. And so that they would take a video on their phone and then email it to the OT. And that the, the OT found that that was a lot help, a lot more helpful um, just for like visual quality and audio quality of what happens. And so, yes, there are some cons of, of telehealth, one being that, you know, there could be glitches of the internet and you might not be able to see the patient in the greatest quality. But I was surprised that the fact that the patient had to take a video like supplementally, that didn't affect their their scores on this. It didn't affect their satisfaction. They Nobody mentioned that that was a con of it. So it's like, yeah, that might be just like a little inconvenience, but it got the job done. It really helped the OT and nobody really complains that they had to take a video on their own time. So it didn't really affect anything. So I think uh, more research still needs to be done in this area. And I think since telehealth is here to stay, I think telehealth quality will continue to improve. And maybe that, that this won't even be an issue in 
five years from now, but it really didn't affect the the quality of the session. Um, and just it just proved that you know this is a feasible and effective method for home modifications. That's a great article, and I enjoyed listening to all of the quotes from the study. I definitely agree that telehealth has the ability to stay, and I think it's amazing what Katie's statistics were and how many people were open and willing to try telehealth. You know, not only does this have the ability to provide safe services during the pandemic, but people that live in rural areas or don't have access to reliable transportation can now have that ability to receive services that they otherwise wouldn't get. And I loved how your article, Carrie, talked about how people, you know, they were less intimidated by this because they didn't have to get ready. You know, they didn't really have to prepare their home for anyone coming in or go anywhere um, because that's definitely a huge plus of telehealth as well. And I love that even though there were those technology glitches and, you know, complications at the beginning, the patient still regarded it as a positive and satisfying experience because at charge, we do offer home modification services, so it's definitely nice to hear that there are people that, you know, are doing this and are benefiting from it as well. Um, I definitely agree that there needs to be more research as well with assessments. This kind of brings back to what Alex was saying about how we need more research and awareness about improving technology um, and maybe partnering with software technology and all of that to improve our assessments would work as well. At Charge, we do provide upper extremity assessments, which can get difficult at times, but we did find a way to assess overall functional range of motion. We actually put the goniometer up to the screen and have the patient perform the motions as they normally would, and it kind of gives us an overall functional assessment of where the person's at, which has worked for us so well, but I would love to see if we can kind of partner and develop software that makes a more precise and objective range of motion through telehealth. A research article that I was looking at the other day found that this iPhone leveling app, which I had never heard of before this, but apparently it's a thing, <laughs> this app can be was used by patients, not the therapists, and they assess their own range of motion. And for the study, only wrist flexion and extension were shown to be reliable. But to me, what this study shows is that we either have this software and technology available and just needs to merge with OT or this technology to accurately assess range of motion through the computer, through telehealth is coming soon. So it'll definitely be interesting to see what happens with the technology and the research in the coming months and years. Katie, I know you have experience with telehealth assessments. What was your experience like? Yeah, I completely agree that we need we need more research done on assessments, but I think that we, we need assessments that are specifically made for telehealth instead of taking older assessments and then trying to like switch them up and adapt them for telehealth. So my last year at school, I was part of a research team that developed um, a handwriting assessment um, for pediatrics, but it was only for telehealth. So it was called the Telerite. Um, it was a lot of fun to do. Uh, and so my role in it was that I did a lot of the clinical utility. So we reached out to um, OTs and we reached out obviously like through the web. So we found people like not only in Pennsylvania where my school is, but we were talking to people like all over the globe. It was actually like really, really cool. But um, it showed us that you can do an assessment through telehealth and the feedback that we got from the other OTs was 
incredible. I mean, obviously we had to make some adjustments, but they really did feel like we touched on all of the important points that a handwriting assessment is supposed to touch upon. Like we, we hit all those points and it was, we were able to do it through telehealth, which was very cool. But something like that I, I learned throughout that experience was there's a lot of like little nuances with telehealth that you like almost don't even think of like, um, you know, putting into the assessment where the screen needs to be, where the camera needs to be, exactly how far away from the screen the student needed to be in order to read the prompt and then correctly, you know, do the handwriting assessment. And there was also the issue of like mailing um, the supplies back and forth, mailing the results back and forth, things like that. So I think that that's why assessments need to be made that are specific for telehealth. Because I think that if you just take an old assessment and try and do it through telehealth, that assessment, the people who created it, didn't think of all those little nuances that go with telehealth and go with communicating over a platform like this. So it's just really important to, you know, for people to be making those assessments and for the research to be done. And I think that the, the research that you guys have brought up so far has been awesome. I know, Alex, in your article, you mentioned that all of your articles in the systematic review were from 2010 to 2017. So my thought was, you know, I wonder how it's changed because I feel like COVID really pushed everything um, like so far so fast. So I wonder, you know, the articles that are being made now, like either during COVID or after COVID, like how much different they are. Sarah, you had an article like that, right? Yeah, so I'm happy that you mentioned that, Katie, because I came across this great qualitative study called Outpatient Physical, Occupational, and Speech Therapy Synchronous Telemedicine, a survey of patient satisfaction with virtual visits during the COVID-19 pandemic. And I was really excited about finding a recent article tailored to telehealth satisfaction, especially given this new shift in healthcare delivery because of the pandemic. So the purpose of this study was to measure patient experience and satisfaction with telerehabilitation, specifically PT, OT, and speech during the coronavirus. So there was about 205 people that participated in this survey, and it was either patients receiving therapy services or the patient care advocates. So the participants basically just had to rank how well they felt telehealth addressed their concerns and questions, how easy it was to communicate with the therapist, the degree of satisfaction for developing and executing a treatment plan, how convenient teletherapy was, their overall telehealth visit satisfaction, and then lastly, if there was any value in having a future telehealth visit. So they ranked each category from excellent, very good, good, fair, and poor. And there was also an optional open-ended remark at the end of the survey where participants could basically state anything that they wanted. So about one third of the study was completed by participants that were adults, uh, mostly 35 to 64 years old. And then a fourth of the participants were children and they were zero to seven years old. And I thought that it was interesting that they used a wide range of ages for this study. And I was curious to see if any of the results um, were different based on these differences in age groups. So 
the results showed that there was high levels of satisfaction across the board. So there were positive results ranging from pediatrics to geriatrics teletherapy. And specifically, the patients and their care advocates reported high quality healthcare delivery shown by rating either excellent or very good responses for basically all of their patient-centered outcomes. And also there was a really high value of considering future telehealth visits. Um, the parents and the patient care advocates stated that they felt as if their caregiver training and facilitation strategies increased. And there, were, there was an overall high level of parent satisfaction with the pediatric teletherapy and mostly in OT. So some of the benefits that they stated in the study, um, which were very similar to the benefits that we stated before, was um, included eliminated time travel, infection control, there were reduced indirect costs of care, a easy incorporation of a healthcare team, and delivery of care in a familiar environment, which they found especially useful for the pediatric population. So overall, I just think that this is a really this study is a really great example of patient satisfaction with telerehabilitation for different ages and for different conditions. And it really shows how effective telehealth has been in response to the recent pandemic. That's great. I feel like that's another, you know, awesome article. I love how it talked about, you know, it not only opens up that access again, um, but it also a lot of people rated it as like high a high quality service and you know high rates of satisfaction. Um, but did your article mention any like limitations in the study? Yes, so the main limitation was since this is telehealth, there's an absence of tactile feedback or that kind of like healing touch. Um, they mentioned in the article specifically that there is an inability to perform soft tissue work, which a lot of patients enjoy. Um, there were also technological difficulties that sometimes would interfere with therapy time. And then I think another overall study limitation is that this was a low level evidence. This was a qualita qualitative survey and I had a very difficult time trying to find higher level evidence for you know, recent telehealth in response to COVID. So I think that in and of itself is a limitation. But um, Alex, did you find any similar limitations to your patient satisfaction article? So for my article, some limitations were um, the limitation in research as well, um, due to like the growing field of telehealth, especially now during the global pandemic. Um, there's very limited research, especially as you previously mentioned, um, with a great number of individuals or a huge sample size. Um, it's just there's a lack of it. And um, only two databases were used in the systematic review, which could have also been a limitation. And one of the databases was related to the field of nursing. And then there was also selection bias within the article. So they chose, they filtered through 2000 plus articles and only 44 were chosen. So um, the researchers listed that as a limitation as well. So I know personally, when looking up articles, it was kind of difficult to find a lot of articles on this topic. So what research do you guys think still needs to be completed in the future to better this field? 
this article that I looked at um, shows that pre-COVID telehealth was an emerging field that still needed development. And there are limitations with technology and treatment approaches. As previously mentioned, like there's a lack of assessments that can be utilized specifically for telehealth. So the limitation in technology and the limitation of treatment approaches and assessments are definitely something that needs to be further explored within the field. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I mean, I know I talked about it earlier about the assessments, but I just think that it's so important, like I said earlier, to have um, telehealth assessments that were made for telehealth. So I think that if, you know, if the question is like what research needs to be done, that's always my go-to answer is we need more specific assessments for telehealth. Um, another um, thing for future research is Sarah talked about how like hers was like a qualitative study, which, you know, is still beneficial, but it kind of is like a little lower on like the higher evidence of research. And I know Carrie's article, since it was like a pre and post test, it was like around a level three evidence, which still isn't as great as, you know, it could be, but definitely useful. Um, in addition, hers was a small sample size as well, which can bring some more limitations as far as general generalizability um, and as well as Alex's article as well. I mean, fortunately, his was a systematic review higher on the scale, but, you know, there are limitations with his as well. So if you're a student or a professional within this field of occupational therapy, um, it is beneficial if you can research in telehealth and expand on all aspects that are working well with telehealth. And, you know, if you're a student and doing a research project for your program, definitely look into telehealth. Um, your research won't get overlooked and more research, obviously, like we were saying, needs to get done. Um, and all of these research articles that we mentioned today can be found in the description of this podcast episode. Um, and I hope you enjoyed our podcast. Um, if you liked this segment in Students in Charge, take a look at our Students in Charge Facebook group and follow us on our social media platforms at Charge Therapy. And Charge is spelled C-H-R-G. And this kind of provides a good way for students to come together. We have anatomy review posts, mindfulness tips and videos, condition information, um, and home exercise program, more evidence, um, and so much more in this kind of small community that we like to build. So thank you so much for tuning in, everybody.